Welcome, Hoopheads, to the Blasting Basketballs podcast, the podcast where we blast through the world of the NBA. I'm your host, Steve Gino, and while we don't have a co-host on today's first episode, I will be joined by other basketball junkies on future shows. Who will it be? We're going to have to leave that for future reveal. Being a sometimes irrational Celtics fan myself who expects them to win the championship every single year, we are going to cover the Celtics on just about every show. But my love for basketball extends far beyond just the Beantown Ballers. I'm interested in analyzing the NBA as a whole and predicting who the last two teams will be this coming June of 2020. Without further ado, let's get started. Before the season began, during what seems to be everybody's favorite part of the NBA season nowadays, the offseason, I noticed that there was a general feeling among NBA fans that the path to a championship was wide open. Or at least, fans were more unsure about who was going to win it all compared to the past decade or so, with the presence of LeBron's Miami Heat and Cavalier teams, or with the overwhelmingly talented Golden State Warriors teams. This season presented a potential new outlook for the NBA, with several teams being able to boast about their talented rosters. However, the season has started to play out in an interesting way. It quickly became apparent that there are only three teams with a legitimate chance to win the title, the LA Lakers, Clippers, and the Milwaukee Bucks. What caused the championship outlook to become so narrow yet again? Well, injuries are something that you can point to right away. With Steph Curry and Klay Thompson having to sit out a lengthy period of time, the Warriors' dynasty came to an abrupt end that I'm sure no NBA fan saw coming. Even though KD left last summer, the majority of people still expected the Warriors to be able to wreak havoc on the league, considering they had a 73-win record-breaking season without the 7-foot-tall scoring machine. With Kevin Durant also being forced to sit out with an Achilles injury, the Nets' title hopes for the 2019-2020 season became non-existent. Isn't it interesting how well the Brooklyn Nets managed to play with Kyrie Irving off the floor? Spencer Dinwiddie, a guy with some serious hoop game, has been tearing it up, especially with the extra opportunity of being able to be the primary ball handler for that team with the injuries of Irving and Durant. It'll be interesting to see if Dinwiddie can find his role once Kyrie returns and how he fits on the team once their title hopes open up with the return of Durant. Back to the narrowness of the competition for the NBA title. The Lakers and Clippers arguably are the definition of super teams, as I view a super team to be a team that holds more than one MVP candidate. What I find to be more interesting than the strong title hopes of the Lakers and Clippers is how the Milwaukee Bucks have been tearing it up this season. Now, They did have a 61 season last year, so it isn't too surprising to see them on top of the league standings. However, what is is intriguing about the team is that it is not a super team. The presence of Giannis Antetokounmpo makes the team look like a super team, but roster-wise and how the team is constructed, they are not overwhelmingly talented. The team is just built in a way that surrounds Giannis with the proper pieces he needs to flourish and bring his team along for the ride. Notable acquisitions of Kyle Korver and Wesley Matthews helped bolster the, bolster the team's shooting in the absence of an exceptional player and shooter in Malcolm Brogdon. George Hill is also leading the league in three-point percentage, not to mention players like Brooke Lopez or Chris Middleton, who can drop 30-foot bombs on teams at any point in the game. 
with the Greek Freak's uncanny ability to score once he steps foot in the painted area. The driving kick is in full effect for the Bucks, as they are able to create great three-point opportunities due to how much attention the clear-cut MVP draws on a nightly basis. With Milwaukee being in the top three of three-pointers attempted per game behind Houston and Dallas, they are going to continue shooting them, as the analytics back up the effectiveness of the long-range shot. Making 35% from three is better than making 50% from two-point range, and teams understand that leading to an almost boredom-inducing amount of three-pointers shot. And when Giannis is knocking down the three-pointer himself, just forget about it. It'll be hard to beat the Bucks this season, and they are my current favorite to win the NBA championship. They've put a beatdown on the two LA teams that also stake a claim to win the Larry O'Brien trophy. And the final score of those games does not even show how lopsided it was. But don't forget, the Celtics are one of the four teams so far to hand the Bucks a loss. More on the Celtics to come. The Boston Celtics have had what some would consider to be an overachieving start to their season. The addition of Kemba Walker was overlooked by many fans, mainly because he didn't prove he could win during his time in Charlotte. Kemba has been nothing short of spectacular, constantly scoring an efficient 20 to 25 points while effectively involving his teammates and allowing the Celtics to be one of the only teams to be able to say that they have four players averaging roughly 20 points a game. Gordon Hayward has returned to playing like himself, showing off his all-around game and exceptional basketball IQ, albeit being sidelined early in the season with an unfortunate hand injury. The hesitation that he showed last season was understandable after suffering such a gruesome injury, and it's refreshing to see him playing without restrictions. The most impressive players on the Celtics have been, without a doubt, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Tatum, while some would say he is still figuring things out, he plays like a superstar every night and he has a bag of tricks that most players will never be able to reach, including a go-to step-back move and a relentless ability to attack the basket. Jalen Brown has taken a leap that few expected him to make, especially after many fans questioned the lucrative deal, deal that the Celtics signed him to. Jalen's poise, playmaking ability, and ability to create his own shot has been on full effect this season. His athleticism has always been there, and he's been able to show it off even more with highlight dunks and the understanding of how to guard different players and use his athleticism at the right time on defense. The thing that sticks out most about the Celtics team is just how fun they are to watch compared to the prior season. It's easy to tell all of the players genuinely like each other and have developed a bond, and that togetherness translates to a team chemistry which allows the Celtics to play at a greater level than the sum of their parts. Marcus Smart has been the fiery player we all love, with an improved shooting stroke and the same tenacity that got him to this point. Sometimes, his eagerness to take on every challenge can be a fault in terms of allowing him to stay on the floor, as his willingness to, be, to put it all on the line leads to him getting banged up and having to sit out more than us Celtics fans would like him to. Rookies such as Grant Williams and Javante Green have really stepped up and helped give the Celtics an identity of toughness and grit, and the spirit they play with embodies what it means to be a Celtic. There is no doubt that Marcus Smart's passion and will to get after it has rubbed off on the rest of the team. While the Celtics don't have a star big man, the front court players get it done by committee, and Daniel Tice, who the Celtics often start at center, has been a nice surprise and continues to play solid fundamental basketball. 
Ennis Cantor is an absolute monster on the offensive boards, and it makes up for his shortcomings on defense. Not to mention his ability to score in the low post, which may come handy in playoff time, similar to how it helped out the Blazers in the playoffs last year. Robert Williams has shown flashes of being a premier defensive big, with notable defensive plays against big-time players such as Nikola Jokic. It's important, it's important the Celtics bring along their young players slowly and allow them to rest any ailments they may have, as the Celtics may have set the foundation for the team for the next decade or so. If you have NBA League Pass and are wondering which teams around their league are fun to watch, I have some recommendations for you. The Miami Heat have shocked the league and have gotten off to a great start and sit near the top of the Eastern Conference. Led by star player Jimmy Butler, who some would argue is the second or third best player in the Eastern Conference behind the Greek Freak or Joel Embiid, the Miami Heat are a team that knows how to play together and benefit from their intense workout culture of going above and beyond to keep their players in phenomenal shape. Undrafted rookie Kendrick Nunn is a candidate for Rookie of the Year due to his fearless play style and ability to use his athleticism to finish strong at the cup. Other notable Miami Heat players include high-flying Derrick Jones Jr., marksman Tyler Harrow, and Myers Leonard, and big man bruiser Bam Adebayo, who also dabbles in running the show with his impressive ball handling and vision. The Dallas Mavericks are a treat to watch, just based on the all-around play of Luka Doncic alone, who is averaging a near 30-point triple-double. But they can also hold their own without Luka, as evidenced by their win over the streaking Milwaukee Bucks, led by Kristaps Porzingis. Kristaps has been able to really come into his own and play much better with Luka out, and I believe it will translate to him elevating his play even when Luka returns. Other notable Maverick players include Tim Hardaway Jr., who is simply a bucket and can put the ball in the hole in various different ways. And solid role players such as J.J. Barea, Seth Curry, and Dorian Finney-Smith. The Portland Trailblazers are on a mission to re-enter the playoff picture after getting off to a slow start this season. The acquisition of Carmelo Anthony has helped provide a, ne- a needed scoring punch, and watching Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum play on the same team is more than enough to tune in on any night. Other notable Blazers players include Hazan Whiteside, Kent Bazemore, Rodney Hood, and Anthony Simmons. Looking ahead to the future of the show, it will mainly feature conversation between myself and a co-host who has yet to be named. The format of the show will undoubtedly be different than the narrative form of this initial pilot show, as we will bounce questions off each other and create a more conversational atmosphere. We will continue to talk about the NBA as a whole and discuss things we think are important to the grand scheme of the NBA and championship aspirations of different teams. I would like to thank you for listening, and I want to encourage you to continue watching games, not just highlights on social media as watching whole games helps you understand the nuances and different aspects of the game that highlights don't expose you to. This is the Blasting Basketballs podcast. See you next time.